When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy y'all, you've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Hey friends and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you found your way here and we're even more excited to be talking to Emily Grant Emily and I met because she was my county extension agent, and then we've just remained friends, and I lived two summers in her parents' little guest house, and we've gone to some football games together and things like that. So, Emily, thanks for joining us, and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, absolutely, Ty. I'm so glad to be on. Um, I think the funniest thing probably is just kind of joking a little bit about our, our tenure is that you are now called the favorite child in our house. You know, well, why don't you call your favorite child, Tyler? Um, and so uh, you living with Buzz and Linda was definitely uh, a risk at the beginning because my parents were very particular people. Um, and I think I told you that. I was like, you know, this is, you know, I wouldn't, not many people can live with my parents. Um, thank God you have a separate space in the guest house, but, you know, um, but anyways, you ended up loving my parents and they loved you. Um, and now we call your mom best mom. Um, and Donna fed me for many years as the county agent in Gless, uh, in Kenny County. And so I just have enjoyed the Schuster family overall. Um, so I never had Shelby as a county extension agent, but I had Tyler and Stetson. Um, enjoyed both of you very much. Stetson, very different. And I'm sure if Stetson's listening, um, you know, I, I'm just so proud of where he's gotten today. Um, he goes. You, on the other hand, <laughs> you, on the other hand, really wasn't a surprise about all you've accomplished in, in your drive. And um, I, I always tell people that they're um, that you were one of my kids because talking about using all your opportunities and, and being student body president at Tarleton and then um, going to masters, uh, getting your masters at AM and working at the dean's office. Did you work in the dean's office? I worked in the chancellor's The chancellor. See, I mean, you know, so Tyler's worked for a lot of important people and has really just continued and so um, has made me very proud as a county agent. So that's my PSA for congrats, Tyler. You've always made me proud. Um, so I originally grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, in Weatherford, um, went to school in Springtown. Um, and interestingly enough, I never... Um, very involved in our 4-H chapter, loved 4-H, um, and went in to be an FFA student. And I get to say this now because um, I really hope my old ag teachers don't listen, but I stayed in ag class for like a week. And then I got out because I was working for my dad's industrial distribution business during the summer. And we didn't do anything in ag class except for eat donuts. And so um, I got out of ag and did a lot of other AP and honors coursework um, because if I wasn't going to do anything, really wasn't any point. So went on to AM 
and had this grand plan of being a math math teacher and a basketball coach, um, but had continuously worked with my dad um, at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. And so worked in the arena director's office, helped in the main office with Miss Susie and Miss Dana. They both retired, but great people. And so during college, I realized I really don't want to get out of the ag industry. Um, we grew up raising beef master cattle and show goats, and I love that community and how that community could, you could not see somebody for years and then they still would love you. So it was, I, I will always be Buzz and Linda's daughter in the Beefmaster community. And that's great. Um, it's actually why I turned down the job at Beefmaster Breeders because I'd be like working for like 20 sets of my parents. Like I can't tell those people no. I mean, it's just kind of a, you know, long story, but, um, and you can shut me up, Tyler, if I'm rambling at any point. So I uh, couldn't get out of the ag industry. Um, I did several uh, internships with the Texas Beef Council, worked for them for a little bit on some consulting work while I was still in college, um, and really would have loved to go into adult education. Uh, but when I did my student teaching, um, I hated it. It was horrible. And it wasn't horrible because it was bad or the kids were bad. Um, it just was a point of where I saw that there things could be so much better. And as ag teachers and county agents, we uh, do a lot, um, but what, what we do and how we do it matters. And we can make such an impact with our kids in creating just the next generation of, of whether that kid was highly involved in FFA or 4-H or not. We are, we're in the business of making educated consumers because if you don't know, um, there are a lot of kids in ag class who don't necessarily want to be in an ag class, um, but they go there because we get funding and a half. So you get extra money for kids in CTE programs. So you get funding and a half if a kid is in a in a CTE class. So any extra children who do not have a passion go into an ad class. Um, and that's probably a, a sweeping statement that's not true across everywhere. But um, so you get a lot of kids who are not necessarily going to be involved or want to be involved, but you know, you have that opportunity to make an impact and create a better educated consumer. So I became an ag teacher um, and then for three or four years in Springtown, um, loved my teaching partner and had, had a great opportunity there, um, but then had the opportunity to move to Brackettville and be your county agent. And while I didn't know what I was moving to, I did love my job and I loved my families in Brackettville. Um, I don't know that I was prepared for all of Brackettville. Do you remember those days? Yes. <laughs> that was, that was one of those, I wasn't prepared to have beans with breakfast for every meal. Like that was something we did not do in Dallas Fort Worth area. I mean, and it was okay. Like a bean and cheese to like breakfast burrito was okay, but like refried beans on your breakfast plate. I just wasn't prepared for that. Um, and then all the different burritos Tyler brought me from, uh, was it Diane's? Whatever the shop was right there. What is that one? I don't know because it's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. But anyways, she would bring me these like loaded burritos and they had like all sorts of stuff in them. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I have no clue what all of this is, but I'm going to eat it. It tastes good. And I was going to eat it. So um, moved to Brackenville, left Brackenville as the county agent there and have now ended up as the 4-H and youth agent in Gillespie County. So that's where I'm at. I'm in Fredericksburg, live in the Hill Country. Um, it's expensive. I'm glad everybody here wants to come visit. 
if you come, I can try to help you with places to eat, but we eat at the same places all the time. Um, and actually there's a best top 10 Fredericksburg food list that listed Chicken Express as one of the best places to eat in Fredericksburg. Mm, no. I do love a Chicken Express though, which you did never grow, you knew never grew up with Chicken Express. No, I didn't know about chicken eating until I went to college. It's amazing. And I can attest to we eat beans with everything for breakfast. And in Central North Texas, they don't do that. No, never. So we eat hash browns. I do like hash browns too. I'm an equal opportunity breakfast eater. <laughs> well, glad you've come around. I so, think when you left for Carlton, I said things are different up there. You did. Food you, is you different. You warned me. It's very different. Well, you went to Texas A&M and then you're currently a graduate student at WT. So what did you study at A&M? And then what is your current degree at WT? And how do you feel like these have both helped you in your current role? Um, so I went into Texas A&M. So we are diehard Aggies. Um, Tyler can attest. Um, very diehard Aggie family. And I just laugh. Find the college that's right for you. Um, and I'll tell you how I knew that AM was right for me. Um, before Aggie football became a circus, um, and I and I can say that lovingly because I love my Aggies, but I really am not a fan of how we have moved so far away from some of the traditions when I grew up. But when I was little, the promo video for the university and anyone else was horses and they they were riding through the Brazos Valley countryside and A&M and there would just always be this breeze in the stadium at the conclusion of that video. And it was just like, this is official. I, I'm supposed to go here. I love it here. And so I love that tradition. And I loved um, being an Aggie and we, and we were always just so smart. And we, especially at sporting events, we are smart fans. Even if maybe college football in Aggie Land is not always allowing us to be smart fans right now, but we were always smart fans. We know when to yell, we know when to shut up, we know how to help our team, love all of that. And so I became, started as a math, a math, an education major to be a math teacher and a basketball coach, and then changed to be a, to get my degree in ag, what did I get my degree? Agricultural sciences. So not animal science, agricultural sciences. And so basically that's a route so you can get your teaching certificate. So even though I didn't necessarily want to be a teacher at that point, I still got my degree where I could get my teaching certificate um, because everyone needs a backup plan. And I will say this loud and clear, the world is not going to stop having children. It's just not going to happen. And no one's going to tell people that they can't have kids. And so there's always going to be a need for teachers. So if you are wondering out there, if you're a listener and you're like, well, I'm not really sure what I want to do when I grow up. Always getting your teaching certificate is never a bad thing because you will always have a job. Not a high paying one, but a job. And there are schools everywhere. So, you know, you can't work for, the, if you want to work for the Beef Council, you have to live in Austin. If you don't want to live in Austin, you can't work for the Beef Council. So um, being a teacher, you can work anywhere. So did that. Um, and then finished, once I finished my degree there and um, got, moved into the real world. And now I'm back at WT as a grad student. Um, and I'm just in their general master's of ag program. I'm at a distance. So this is the first, I'm the first cohort to go through. Um, 
And that's been really interesting. Um, being an online student, I am so sorry for all the kids who went through COVID and had to be an online student. Um, I'm definitely not the best online student. Um, and I'm also not the best with like, I don't know how you say it, like regular schedules. Like with my job, I don't have a regular schedule. And so when like we have a teacher who's like, every week you will do this. I'm like, hmm, that's complicated. You know, a weekly commitment is not my friend. So, um, and I guess the both, um, both of my experiences in college really helped me succeed because of the relationships I met. I wouldn't say maybe my coursework. Um, I mean, I put together a small engine in one of my ag mechanics classes and uh, I can do that again ever. I'm pretty sure I didn't do it the first time. I'm pretty sure I really had to have that TA help me quite a bit, but they, um, but really the relationships I've made have gotten me to where I am today. I mean, the, the relationships I made with Dr. Ramsey, student teaching and the Ramsey family, um, made me, got me a lot of connections in the stock show world. Um, and then I've just grown and blossomed from there. Um, and now my connections at WT are really interesting. Um, it's a different set of connections outside the sheep and goat world, but more in the education realm. Um, and then the, in the cattle industry, WT has an outstanding research program is related to feeder cattle and some of those things. And so um, I'm actually working with a genetics professor right now on my capstone project and just hearing all the, the making that connection and his in, involvement in the cattle industry is, is different than my, my current set of relationships. So um, I think that's the biggest thing in college is making those relationships. So if I'm, if I'm giving college advice, talk to your professors, meet your professors, go to office hours um, because you're always get a better grade and you never know when you're going to need somebody. I would so agree with that. <clears throat> we always hear, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and that has played out so true in my life. So you are a county agent. You already mentioned your schedule is not the same day to day. There's lots of moving parts and planning. So how do you manage your day to day? Um, so this is going to sound horrible. And my mother is very organized and Tyler can attest to that. I mean, like listy and very organized, but I go through phases and I have done a bunch of research and a, I mean, a couple of years ago, I listened to um, a bunch of podcasts um, to called Beyond the To-Do List. I listened to Patrick Lynchoni's books about uh, team players and working as an organization and have really tried to find a system that works best for me. I mean, I've even gone to the to the deal where I have a daily sheet. And so I have a piece of paper every day and I write three things that have to be done. And then I have my schedule written down. So every night, the night before I would write down my big three, I'd write down any meetings and then I would keep kind of a running to-do list. Um, and I will say, I really go through phases and it depends upon um, what's going on. But I've also learned that with being an extension agent, there is always more to do. There's, there's always more. And I'm not in an age period where I forget things quite often. And if I forget them, obviously they weren't that important in the first place. Um, so I have trashed everything right now. Um, I don't have a running to-do list because in extension, your to-do list will be forever and all your ideas. Um, so I've trashed that. I don't use a to-do list except for short-term daily things if I make one. Um, and the 
best thing I've kind of done to be organizational and plan things is have work days and not meetings. So I refuse to have a meeting with somebody um, unless like we need to have a conversation um, about like a parent. That's fine. I'll have a meeting. But I refuse to have a meeting. There's no point in them. And all you're doing is talking and nothing's actually getting accomplished. So I've moved to work days. So where I set aside or time block a certain period of time to work on whatever task I want to accomplish. Um, so um, I also run Burning with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. And that's a little bit above and beyond my extra, my scope of my job, but I still do it. And we have work days. So we set aside eight hours once a month and we do everything. And so we'll have a Zoom call open um, and people will be joining in and out throughout the day as they're available. Um, and basically we discuss what needs to be done and then we do it. So we may mute our mics and actually make those things happen versus talking about it, making a list and then coming back the next meeting in a month. And so, well, shays, I haven't done any of that, you know? And so um, I've done that. Um, I also have this really interesting way to plan stuff based upon category of my job. And so it's basically a big wall and I'm looking at it. So I'll try to describe it. It's a big wall and it has different topics, like everything I do for food nutrition or everything I do for birding or clover kids or new ideas. And then I put sticky notes of things that I want to do related to those categories within the year. Um, and so that's what I kind of do. And I try to revert back to it. So I kind of have an ongoing list of the goals and then the daily to-do task. I just throw that calendar out the window because my day's never the same. And even if I have a to-do list, it's not going to get done because something's going to change or somebody's going to walk in the office or I'm going to record a podcast with Tyler. Um, and so it doesn't really matter. Things change. And so I just have gotten to the point where um, short to-do lists are great. Long extension type to-do list, not going to happen. So I live day by day at this point. I do I do use uh, my Outlet calendar. That is one thing that I do use. I put all my appointments on my Outlet calendar. Um, but Ty, you can kind of attest to how I manage my life. I mean, because you have had to be a person who helps me manage my life because you want it in it. And I would say that it's really hard. I and mean, we both work in an industry where there is always something to do. And it's hard to walk away when you have a to-do list that's three pages long. And so you have more motivation to get up and leave when you're not thinking about what else there is to do. Yes, because I could never leave this office and I could still have more to do. We could put a couch in it and I'd still be here. Um, but and Tyler always, you know, kind of the other thing that I have to do is some of that organization of my life I have to put on other people. And so like when Tyler was, um, I don't remember, oh, like re recommendation letters. When Tyler needed recommendation letters or when we were doing scholarships, it was, you didn't remind me, just a friendly reminder. And I think that's one thing that people don't understand and aren't willing to do to help those around them is friendly reminders. I send friendly reminder emails all the time. And it's not because I'm mad that you haven't done it, or I'm not mad that something has happened. It's that everyone in this world can use a friendly reminder. It doesn't hurt anybody. That's such a great point. And 
you know, you talked about your mom, who is, I can attest, your mom is very organized. She keeps lots of lists and very detailed records. I felt a lot of pressure when I had to write on the paper for her one time. <laughs> so, you might not write it on the list as she wants it written. Well, and I was like, oh my gosh, and if I have to scratch it out because I did it on the wrong one, <laughs> like a lot of pressure, but you work with your parents and y'all raise goats. And so talk about that and how you manage from a distance working with your parents and raising goats. Oh, that's an interesting one. It's like you working with your parents at a distance um, or, or anybody working with their parents at a distance and, and everyone having kind of different mindsets and um, in different ways they do things because like I'm a doer um, and, and I think that if something needs to be done, do it now versus do it later. I mean, like, I'm not going to schedule it. I mean, I'm just keep going. Let's do, let's do, let's do, let's do, let's do. And so sometimes when I get to the house after have been gone for a little while, it's like, well, why haven't you done this? Well, we just have, you know, we haven't done it yet. Well, let's just do it. You know, well, we need to cut that. Well, we can do that later. No, nope, no, nope. she's up. She's in the pin. Let's cut it now. So, so sometimes different of how you handle things, um, would be number one. Um, the other thing is just, I mean, raising goats and show goats. I mean, financially, that's not necessarily the most inexpensive thing. Um, and so it took a long time for me to get my parents to make some investments. And as they have made investments, they're more willing to make the investments because they see their life is easier. Um, so for a long time, they wanted to just like do things the hard way. And I'm like, you can buy that, you know, and, and I, and you're talking to a girl who's remodeling her cottage at her house and I'm not paying a single person to do it. And I'm sanding the floors by myself with a little hand sander because it was $20 at Walmart. Like I'm not willing to make huge investments to sand floors. I'm going to buy the $20 sander at Walmart and die of dust insul inhalation. But they didn't want like, they would not want to like make investments in feeders and things that would have made their life so much simpler. And so luckily we've kind of gotten to the point where it's like, okay, these things are going to make life simpler. They're okay to buy them and we'll buy one or two. And then if dad can make them, dad likes to weld and in the shop. Um, sometimes he's the slowest. I hope mom and dad aren't listening to this podcast, but um, I'm sure they will. Uh, is that, you know, we have goat pins that have not been finished for years. Um, and so anyway, so everything takes time. And I guess I, um, I, I'm a little, I move faster sometimes than my parents. Um, but this year we tried, uh, we're going to AI some goats. So that way I can be home when the majority of the goats kid between stock shows. So, um, I'm going to be very tired from stock show season and then go home and kid goats for a week and then continue with stock show season. So, um, I don't know how that all works out and being less tired, but maybe I can take the night shift and mom and dad can take the big shift. We'll see. Um, so it's interesting working with your parents. I mean, and at a distance, sometimes she calls and I'm like, just do it. She goes, well, I've already talked to the vet. I said, well, then do what the vet says. Well, but what do you think? Well, this is what I think. And then there's sometimes my dad just has a bleeding heart and, and I don't, and mom doesn't either. And things need to be taken care of. And dad's like, well, maybe it'll get better. And it's not going to get any better dad. So we have those kinds of differences in personalities. And I would say communication is important in any relationship, working relationship, but 
when working with your parents, like you have to over communicate because then yes. they're like, well, you never told me that. And <laughs> then you're like running in circles with them. So I, I, I feel that. And spending two summers with your parents, well, I know. <laughs> yes. Well, and luckily my parents, my mom takes very good notes. So she usually does. you don't have to tell her the same thing twice. So she, she keeps records. And so if you told her how to do something once, she, she does that without calling you the next time. Um, and she just gets more comfortable. Mom and dad just get more comfortable the more they have to do with the goats. Um, and it's just different. I mean, I think that's the, I've kind of learned, um, we didn't have a vet in Del Rio really that did large animals. So like if something was happening, I was face, I was learning how to sew up a prolapse on FaceTime. I mean, so sometimes you just got to do it. And, um, that sometimes is scary for mom and dad. I'm like, just cut her open. It'll be fine. And they're like, no. And I'm like, what's going to happen? She's going to die. She's going to die anyways. Cut it. And I mean, so things like that. Sometimes we all have to remember that just sometimes you can't, there's not an answer. Sometimes you just have to forge blindly ahead. So that, that's, well, that's sometimes my moments. What is your biggest advice to someone in college or young 20s who wants to be involved in the ag industry? Uh, make relationships. I promise you that's the biggest thing ever. Um, you know, I've made relationships with county agents and um, have met people now that I didn't even know in college because, like I said, I got out of ag class my first week because we did nothing. And unfortunately, there were so many opportunities that I missed out on that now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a neat experience. So take advantage of those opportunities, be busy, um, don't be lazy, um, and then do things that maybe aren't necessarily in your comfort zone. So if you are new to the ag industry, and I'm just going to throw this out as an example, um, uh, Devin Sisk, with who's a livestock photographer in the show industry, does plenty of shows. Sometimes she looks this like I saw on Facebook, she's like, she looks for a babysitter, somebody to travel with her and keep her kids so that her kids can go with her. Um, and then the other piece of that is, okay, that's a great opportunity to meet a lot of people, you know, so getting connected with the right people. So maybe you don't, um, aren't necessarily a babysitter in that kind of situation, but the end goal is that you get to meet all these people and travel to do all of these things. So don't be scared to kind of take out that, take that leap of faith and do something that you wouldn't normally do, um, you know, be an intern for Willoughby Livestock and travel the country. I mean, the internships are big things that I think um, maybe most college kids don't take advantage of um, and getting those opportunities to meet those people and make those connections. So relation, relationship building, that's, that's my biggest advice. Build your relationships. That is a good piece of advice that I can attest to. And you preached that to me years ago and it's played very well in my life. So on the podcast, we ask all of our guests the same question. And that's if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Okay, so I have two. Am I allowed to have two? Just for you, yes. Okay, so one would go on 35 and one would go on 45. That's kind of my my thought process. Um, so one is the only place, uh, I, I wrote it down and I had such a great answer and I'm so mad I lost my sheet because it was good. Um, 
One was, um, there's only two places in life to stop, and that's at a stop sign and a stoplight. Um, keep moving, keep learning, keep doing, keep going. Um, I think sometimes we get, um, and this is probably going to sound wrong, people might not like it, but sometimes we get, we can't do this or we don't want to do this. And we, we kind of have gotten into a world of excuses and, and I'm not really a big excuse, sir. Uh, Tyler knows that there's not, there's not a whole lot. If you're looking for the compassionate person on Tyler's podcast series, it is not me. And you just have to sometimes suck it up and keep moving. Um, so whether that be to accomplish your goals, to learn more, to get to a different place, or just to accomplish like it, just a task. Um, so that was one of mine. And then I really do live by um, the dream is free. The hustle is sold separate. Um, there's not a lot of people who are willing to work for what they want. And, and I think that you, are, Tyler, definitely exude that. You are willing to put in the time and the effort that it, it takes to accomplish those tasks um, and those goals. And a lot of people want a lot of things, but if you're not willing to hustle for them, whether that be have an extra job to make more money so you can buy whatever you want or uh, to sand a whole floor with a Walmart sander that's six inches big. Um, and I should have bought the bigger one, um, but I'm going to hustle through because I don't want to waste another $30. Um, you know, those are the things that I think are important in life. And, and I, I'm... I'm a doer, and I think that it's important that other people are doers and not just talkers. So that's kind of my my philosophy on life. So those would be my billboards. Well, thank you so much for joining me. That was fun, and it's always great to talk to you, and I know our listeners are going to love it. Well, thank you, and I'm excited for everyone to hear. And obviously, I probably don't have all the words of wisdom, but um, that's kind of it's kind of where I've got to Oh, the other piece of advice. And I don't know if you can put this in somewhere else or whatever. Um, the other piece of advice for kids who go to college is go to summer school. Summer school is the best and never stop. So I never went home. I went from college from like, I went to actually summer school before my freshman year. I mean, that helps me really get used to A&M and college life. Um, and so I went the summer before my freshman year and I had no friends. And so I just had to make friends in my classes. And that was the best thing I ever did was go to summer school before my freshman year. And some people are like, I never do that. Well, it was great. And then I never went home. May masters, mini masters, summer masters, summer school, just stay, don't move. And then, then you don't have to move your stuff as much either. So that's good advice. 